Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast from Wales Online. Right, hello, welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. We're back after a few weeks away. Uh, Apologise for that. I'm Ben James, joined by Matthew Southcombe and Andy Howell. All right. We're Great back. to be back with you, Ben. Back to the bang, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it. Six Nations this weekend. Wales v France on Friday night. Me and Ace, we've been down to the Vale, haven't we? For the, uh, for the team announcement. How was it down there? Yeah, it's pretty good. Very nice. Yeah, yeah it's quite a, uh, quite a few media there long, actually. Was it? Six yeah. Nations, yes? Yeah, Six Nations, yeah. Unfortunately for the guy from uh, Sky, though, uh, he left his laptop there. Uh, oh. So I don't know if he's on his way back to London without his laptop. Get <laughs> in reception for you. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get, let's get right into it after that. Great anecdote. Um, first things first, Wales v France in Paris... Nine game winning run, but should Wales be scared? Yes, yeah, shall I start this one? Or do you want, or shall, shall I take the lead? Of course they shouldn't be scared. They've won nine matches in a row. They're number three in the world. And they got a really good record against France in Paris. Uh, I think since the French moved to the Stade de France in 1999. I think it's about, about even, the winning record. No qualms about playing the, uh, uh, the French. And France have won just one of the last seven matches. The only victory was against Argentina. Their last out in, they lost at home to Fiji. So Wales have got nothing to fear. Played the All Blacks a few times, in that, haven't they, though, the last few games? The All Blacks are not great these days, man. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're not great, but then would Wales be on a nine-game winning streak? Hang on, hold on a minute now. Ireland beat them in the autumn, quite comfortably, and England should have beaten them. So the All Blacks are in transition. <laughs> You're saying that, like Ireland aren't the best team yeah, in the world rugby yeah, hold on stop a minute uh, <laughs> what, are in the, what are Ireland in the world rankings they're second like what are Wales <laughs> there you are just backs up my argument Matthew what would you uh, should Wales be scared uh, I'm not sure that's the right word but there's enough going on to concern me um, if I'm Warren Gatlin weary is probably the right word I would yeah, say Matthew I think Ben is getting a bit carried away worried no <laughs> um but I mean, you look at that. How can you look at that pack and not be a tad concerned about what's going on? And then look at your own pack. Look at the injuries we've had. Uh, Ross Moriarty coming in at, on the back of barely any rugby. Um, That's not different last season. Yeah, but it's not ideal, is it? Adam Beard the same. Not a lot of rugby. Um, and you look at the size of that French pack, and and it's all going to come down to who can get the best platform, isn't it? Um, Wales are wide probably fancy them um, but they need ball they'll fancy us at wide as well mate, in the centre yeah we'll, we'll come to I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sold on that but yeah um, uh, I'm not sure I'd be worried uh, concerned is more of a point just because of the players they've got missing um, Paris Friday night they're going to be right up for it white hot atmosphere and I think France are the kind of team, it doesn't matter if they've, they might have lost their last 10 games in a row, but at the flick of a switch, they can turn it on and beat you by 30 points. Um, it's competition rugby, uh, there's a lot of jeopardy involved now, you know, it's not the autumn where you get free hits. Um, this is this is proper stuff. Um, so, worried, no, uh, but yeah, weary is, is a term I would use. I think the last Six Nations game in Paris, they actually beat England. And of course... Simpson against Ireland last season, albeit I think that was on a Saturday first game up there. You know, really they should perhaps have won that match. They were denied at the end by Johnny Sexton's uh, drop goal. Yeah, it's probably the worst time to play him in the championship. 
but yeah, Wales can't go there with great confidence. Thing is, last time Wales were there, obviously two years ago, the hundred minute match, we all remember the last twenty minutes. But if you look at the first twenty minutes, Wales were blown away. They were they were ten 0 down, um, and probably the game the game was getting away from. They they couldn't they couldn't score. Didn't score a trial game. It was Lee Halfpenny's boot that got them into a winning position. Um, obviously, yeah. they're not going to have that luxury this time. I know Hanscom's a great kicker, etc., etc. But they're going to need to score tries. Um, yeah, France will try and suffocate Wales. You know, overpower them up front without a doubt. Yeah, so they need to be. You know, they can't start slow. The scrum wasn't very good two years ago, mind you. Wales' no. scrum is probably a bit better now than then. True, but I mean, look at the side. I, but that, the, 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 they won a scrummage against a pack that's big. Yeah, I know, but generally, unless, it, unless as you fear, the weather's going to be awful, they generally in rugby these days, particularly in national rugby, there's not that many scrums. Yeah, but and uh, I'm also a little bit surprised by the selection at Tighthead. Um, from what I watched a lot of the Scarlets over the festive period and in January, and I thought Samson Lee was playing really, really well. Um, I don't know if he's, you know, we don't know, you know. Uh, Thomas Vance is one of Wales' standout players in the autumn. Yeah, but. He improved uh, a lot of scrummaging. Don't you stick with someone then when you've been winning and his scrums improve? Why would you want to drop him? I, I just think, I, I think Samson Lee should be starting. Um, it's my opinion on the matter. You know, I'm not, I'm not. Well, Warren Gatland is Warren Gatland. No, Sam, I'm Stanley with Samson Lee. Oh, got Warren Gatland's obviously got information that we haven't. Um, so you know he's in a better place to make these calls than us. But based on what I saw of Samson Lee over the festive, yeah, period, but I, I would say he's rewarding to some degree autumn form. Ben. Oh well, yeah, to be fair, he talked about when he talked about Samson Lee today. He said that he was rewarding Samson Lee in terms of Dylan Lewis not making the twenty-three. Mm-hmm. So I suppose. Samson's being rewarded in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a sort of way by getting his squad place back. Mm. Thomas is being rewarded by giving the start. And it's it's Dylan Lewis who, as Gatlin said, has what played, been involved in the last seven tests, not not lost, not been part of a losing Wales 23 yet. He's the one who drops out. So, you know, I suppose the one positive there is tight head isn't too bad. Sort of no, Wales are, Wales are, Wales. As, as, it, as it has been maybe in the last yeah, year. Yeah, let me stop you there now. Tight dead position is the one that somebody's got to nail down before the World Cup. You know, it's been up for grabs for a long time now. Samson's had a lot of injury problems. Uh, so somebody, one of those three guys, need to nail it down big time in 2019. There we go. Right, from one position that needs to be nailed down to perhaps two positions that need to be nailed down, that's scrum half and fly half. Got another combination this weekend. It's the all Cardiff Blues combination of Thomas Williams, Gareth Anscombe. Anscombe's rewarded for a fine autumn, he gets the start. Thomas Williams comes in. Um, contrary to all the sort of reports about Gareth Davis's fitness and then being fit, it does appear that this decision is likely to be made on the fact that Davis didn't train all week. But what what you make of that halfback partnership, Matt? You back it, but they need to be given the license now to play. Um, I'm a big believer with this Wales side now. They've, they've got horses for courses. You can you pick different players to play different ways. And if Anscombe is sent out to kick the leather off the ball, then uh, I don't see the point in the selection at all. Um, and I go for you know. Thomas Williams is a live wire. Um, he's good around the base. Similar, you know, Gareth Davis has similar traits. Um, but Anscombe, 
uh, is a distributor, he's a runner, um, he gets backlines going, and he needs to be given the freedom to do that. Um, personally, it strikes me as the kind of game that would be made for Dan Bigger. But I suppose on the flip side of that, with that big old French pack, they're going to have to move him around. Um, so perhaps going out, going with Anscombe, but giving him the freedom to express himself, get out there, put width on it, um, look to get the ball into the 15 channels, and, and make the French pack move. Because, um, you know, what do you do when you're against massive packs? You try and wear them out. So it's a, it's a bold selection, particularly Thomas Williams. It's a big, big game. He's probably the biggest game of his career to date. Um, so, you know, it's, a, it's, it's almost a, it's not quite sink or swim. You know, he's going to get more chances if this goes, if this goes badly. But um, this is a massive test for him. Um, and, you know, let's hope they've been given, like I said, the, the permission to go out and, and play with some freedom because, you know, bigger would have been a safe call. We don't know how fit he's been, how much he's been able to train either mind. He came into camp carrying a bit of a knock uh, with his knee. Um, but yeah, Anscombe, you back it, like you said, probably rewarding a bit of form. Uh, but they must uh, must be given the freedom to go and play now. I don't see the, this game you know, being, this game being made for uh, bigger because I think if, it, if you picked him, you're playing into French hands. Um, but as I think you might have said earlier, it's going to still come down not to what uh, sort of ball the halfbacks have... Uh, Got where they got it on the front foot, and uh, so we set the Welsh uh, forwards to deliver. Yeah, as I heard someone say recently, I've, I've, I can't remember who it was, but somebody, you know, if the pack's going backwards, you could have Gareth Edwards there. Uh, ain't gonna make a difference. He, no. could, he could play a bit, man, boys. <laughs> 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 I'll take your word for that one, eh? So He's probably, yeah, the, probably the best player I've ever Welsh player, certainly, I've ever seen. He was a great player as well, in Vienna, so I was, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting you say that it's probably a game made for Dan Bigger go back 12 months and it was the sort of reverse of the situation Anscombe started against Italy in the penultimate game Bigger wasn't even in the squad for that game and then he'd been injured man yeah but he, and then he came back in to play against France mm. and it, it descended into a really sort of dour sort of kicking fest where maybe France did yeah, France pull, us, pull, pull us down to their sort of how they wanted to play that game, which was just well. I see why they're trying to do this weekend because well, they were good up front, weren't they? That's why. <laughs> yeah, point up front. I did slightly <laughs> renege on that statement after I'd said it, but let's go down this road then, Dan Bigger. Yeah. I think it's going to be. I don't think. I think it's going to be bruising. Um, it's going to be niggly. It's going to be the kind of game where, as we talked about beforehand, right? If Wales feel like they they can kick the ball away and rely on their defence. Uh, then that's Dan Bigger's game, isn't it? I don't know if they get away with that. Fans, now, what I think they they will, I think they'll play relatively like that, where they'll kick the ball away and rely on their defence because. Yeah, I don't think it like I, do like that. I said, you look at how many in so, so many games Wales have won, and, and it's, they've had less yeah, territory in yeah. possession. But the reason I think they'll go with Anscombe rather than Bigger, I think they'll back their back row and their jacklers to slow French ball down so it becomes passive. Then it, be, it becomes passive defence, and you, you you're basically just containing France, and France are playing in front of you. And then with those jacklers, Wales's key sort of attacking areas are turnover ball, and occasionally if they get ball in the right area, and that's where I think they'll want to strike with Anscombe. I think they I think the autumn they thought maybe they realised that Anscombe can relatively do the the kicking stuff not as well as bigger, but he can do it enough to play into this game plan. 
maybe bigger can do the sort of transition stuff on turnovers. Well, well all Wales are trying to do is score more tries. Yeah. I did a bit of moonlighting earlier this week for New Zealand radio, and what did they bring up? Wales' lack of tries. And, they, and the view down there is if Wales want to compete at the World Cup seriously for the semi finals and final, they need to score more tries. So uh, the obvious answer to that, that's part of the reason why Anscombe is playing, because he is a bit more, probably more creative on, on what he said, getting the back line going. And then you've also got the X Factor, Thomas Williams. Well, my theory is now, right, you've gone with these halfbacks, you're going down this road, commit to it. Mm-hmm. Wales are a better side than France. They should have every confidence of going in there and, and scoring tries. You said you were worried earlier. I didn't say I was worried, I said I was weary. If you're in the Wales camp, you, you won't, you shouldn't have any fear. No. Um, if you, like I said, if you're going down this road with Anscombe and Thomas Williams, commit to it, give them the licence to be, to be bold, throw the ball around. I'm not saying willy-nilly, you know, this international rugby, you won't get away with that. Obviously, you have to play in the right parts of the field, but I don't, I don't think they should be getting sucked into a uh, we'll play on the counter attack sort of game because I think they're a better, better si- I think yeah. they're a better side I, I, than that. And they should we, control this. And game. I, I think when we've uh, Wales have had to chase games, they show they've you know they've shown how good a side they can be with the ball in hand. It's a shame it comes to that situation, uh, you know, where we are points behind and then we do start trying uh, to play a bit of catch up rugby. We look we look good at it. Mm. Mm. Mind you, I said it, uh, that, so it's, it's always easy to look good, like. It's always easier to look better chasing a game than it is doing that from the start. Yeah, know? well, this is why... For the same reason that all the replacements fly off last year when we had the jersey going round. Everyone, you know, Anscombe looked better at Twickenham than Patchell because... This is why I think the yeah, first... Yeah, Wales came into that game a bit more, mind I, Twickenham second half. The first 20 minutes of this game is big um, with a capital B-I-G yeah, because they need... If, you, you mentioned all the all the changes that France have made, you know, Bastero dropped and Entomac coming in things like that um, if Wales can get the crowd on the French backs in the first 20 minutes it's a huge step towards winning the game um, you don't want to be you don't want to give this French side a sniff if they get confidence in the first 20 minutes and it could be a very difficult afternoon uh, if Wales take control of the game they did it in Argentina I know the circumstances were completely different right but they were supposed to be going into the Lions den out there right? and the atmosphere was shocking it was disappointing from the start and Wales were to blame for that largely um, they took control of both games in Argentina early on scored points through Pacho um, and that was it and if they need to try and do the same against France because yeah, Wales need to keep the score ticking over. You know, I don't think they should be going to the. They should be kicking penalties when they got the opportunities. Keep it ticking over, three points at a time, uh, rather than you know going kick into the corner and uh, going for tries. I think actually teams do that too often these days. If you get that scoreboard going, you know, ticking, ticking, and get the French thinking. The other thing is as well. Let's not forget the French are, are a volatile bunch. The, the crowd, you know, it won't take much to get them to turn, and the booze will start going. Um, yeah. And then I think that would be a massive step towards winning the game. Mind, mind you, their captain Garrido has declared war not on Britain because of Brexit, but on Wales for this match. You know, he's been telling people over there we're going to war with Wales. I think they can expect. Uh, you know, uh, oh, don't, heck of a don't get me wrong. This is going to be physical oh, yeah. as it comes, and it, and yeah. it, you know, there's going to be some sore bodies on Saturday morning oh, on both sides, particularly in the packs. Well, the players' bodies are Plus, um, yeah. more uh, sore than the pre- and the heads of the press. I was going to say yeah. the travelling press, Matt. No, well, we're looking <laughs> in my direction. <laughs> Consummate professional. Oh, you know who you are. 
orange juice and bed. Right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to the Wales back row because that's going to be interesting. That's going to be another part of the game that could be vitally important. Mm. However, way they play, whether they play it fast and loose, or whether they back the defence, either way, it's going to have a big role of playing. It's an interesting balance, isn't it? Because obviously, we know how sort of despite our depth, it's been hit by injuries again. So we've got uh, Navidi at six, Moriarty just about at eight, and Tiprick nailed on at seven, isn't it? How, how do we see this back row working? Well, they're going to be playing almost left and right. They're from two flankers. And Moriarty at eight will, will be, uh, I think, you know, you've got a view on this, uh, Ben. Maybe they should employ Moriarty at eight at scrums, perhaps in other aspects of the game, employ Navidi. But it's about the but you know, uh, Aaron Wainwright, fantastic prospect. Wouldn't surprise me if he's in a World Cup team. But I actually uh, agree with the Steven decision to go with Naridi and Tipperich on the uh, on the flanks, and they had to play Moriarty at eight if he was fit, uh, because they need bulk. Um, you know, because the French got plenty of bulk, they got bigger moles at eight for them. And uh, so you've got to counter him a bit. Uh, it's, you know, it's a school of thought from Sam Warburton. Wales lost in Ireland last season because they were a bit lightweight in the uh, back row and he actually missed the um, the demolition man, Dan Idiot's uh, uh, physicality. Uh, of course, he's missing this time. Aaron Shingler's uh, missing. But most importantly of all, Tolubi Falatel is missing. You know, he's a fantastic player. And we could do with him in a back row, maybe Moriarty at, uh, at six. I've got no worries about uh, Moriarty playing because he's already played since the Lions tour of uh, 2017 outside of international rugby and arguably man of the series in the summer. Yeah, good shot. <laughs> but the trouble, <sighs> Moriarty and Navidi got a big job on their hands, right? Because they, they've got to both contain the French pack, slow down French ball, uh, but going forward, uh, they need to get some serious joy out of that French midfield. Um, which is lightweight, uh, you know. I think they are going to attack that channel. You know, Lopez has shown on a, on occasions. Does he fancy it sometimes when the big boys come down his channel? Well, that's what fans need, and it's a good number ten. That's been a problem for a number of years. You know, get get after Lopez, get after Entomac. You know, Fofana's a class above. Uh, I'm not going there with this, but well, he's a great attack. He's one of the best attackers um, in the world. You know, best. Moriarty North. Uh, yeah. Navidi down that channel early, often get into him because uh, you know the. From what I'm told, Entermax obviously a massive talent. He wouldn't be there if he wasn't, um, but he ain't going to be the biggest. No. Uh, and is he going to fancy it when he's got those big old boys coming down his channel, you know, at pace uh, regularly? You know, if anything's going to put him off his game, is going to be that in it. So Navidi yeah. and Moriarty. Yeah, and John Davis. Navidia Moriarty got a big job on, on in that regard. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, right? Somebody mentioned before the Six Nations, I saw on Twitter somewhere, that Thomas Young uh, would be uh, a natural selection against England. I don't know why they were talking about England. Because he plays in the English League. He plays with those boys regularly, so he's, he knows how to deal with them. I think we accept right, that the English League is a physical, uh, intense league. Wales are notoriously slow starters in competitions if if Thomas Young has been playing at a, a high level of intensity of physicality all season and he hasn't got he hasn't got to lift his game as much for this opening match if that makes sense you know a lot of the talk at the start of the Six Nations was Gatlin's biggest task you know he's got to get the boys 
who play at the regions up to international level. I don't think the jump is as big from the Aviva Pre- uh, sorry, the Gallagher Premiership. Okay, yeah. right then. Well, that's a lot of rubbish. I tell you why it's a lot of rubbish then. How many teams from the Gallagher Premiership are qualified for the quarterfinals? Right, I'm not the, getting uh, I'm not even touching this debate. When when it's it, uh, five pro fourteen teams in it. Because <laughs> obviously because the league is their priorities. Is it? They, oh, smash, they smash. They smash seven shades out of each other in the league, right? They're not, you know, Johnny Sexton's getting days off and again it's Pro 14. In the, in the Premiership, they're going flat out every week. It's a more attritional league. If he hasn't gone as as far to lift himself, would he be the natural selection for this game? Yeah, but he hasn't had enough caps Prob- to justify that. Yeah, That's the problem. Uh, he's played once or twice. Once. Tell me about it. And the pro- pro- problem is, is he, he, he didn't play against Leinster in the, in the Champions Cup. The week before the squad, carrying a knock. Yeah, this before the week the squads met up, and then you did a piece in the uni. You had three games, three sessions, three sessions, three days, sorry. three yeah, three days with the Wales training camp. Yeah, then he's back to Wasps. So, as much as he is sort of probably playing at a higher intensity, unless uh, it's, it's a big ask for him to yeah. sort of make the new step up test run being a, in a sort of alien environment. Unless give the trio has been picked. Some uh, some back in because they've all been really good players for Wales. Tippett is world class. Yeah. Moriarty was like I just said, had an excellent summer. Was quite in the autumn mine, and Reedy was fantastic. Been fantastic for Wales. So why would you pick Thomas Young ahead of him when he hasn't done it yet at a national level because he hasn't had much chance? Right. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Knockout blow. Yeah. <laughs> Oof. Declaring victory for yourself. Man. TKO. No, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see sort of what sort of pond formation they played in it. Sort of suppose the fact you've got Navidi and Moriarty there, it does it gives Tipperick plenty of license to to play in the white channels. Yeah, if you've got a ball on from foot. Not that yeah. they necessarily will, but that's, that's when when you have Fanatown and Tipperick in that back row, someone normally has to make the compromise about mm-hmm. who plays in the back row and well done, Ben. Cheers, thank you. Yeah. So, while you wouldn't want Faltau to be injured, maybe this is the sort of game where you, you're sort of there like, well, at least we have got, as Matt said, uh, Moriarty and Navidi, you can both punch holes in, in, in the sort of narrow channels. Well, it comes it comes down to Andy touched on there, you know, to break is is only going to be able to operate in the wider channels if he's if he's not required in the middle of the field. Yeah. Mm. You know, Wales need to get on the front foot and they need to have mm. clean ball. You know, that's his bread and butter. Yeah. You know, yeah. if Wales again turned over and Tipperick stood on a touchline, then people are going to ask questions. You can't just stand out there and hope for the best. You know, he, as long as Wales are going forward and they're, and they're not struggling at the breakdown, then fine, crack on. You know, do what you're better. You know, not what you're best at, but what yeah. you're very, very good at. Even though Wales cleaned up in the autumn, we didn't see much of Tipperidge in the white channels then because yeah. he played a little, what you said earlier, he played a limited kicking game, really. Yeah. You know, he was doing a lot of donkey work. In fact, he, you know, he did a lot of really good work at Jacklin and over the ball. Sure, he could do it, really. He was more like, actually, he was more like Warburton than Tipperidge <laughs> in the autumn. Right, that's, that's the back row put the rice. Um, what about Francis? They got options. Just one oh. final thing on the back row. They have got. They got up. No, it is. They have got options off the bench, man, because they can employ both. Uh, obviously, Wayne is a back row. They can also employ uh, the Coriel in a back row if they got him. If they need a bulking up, doing a game at some stage. Yeah. Well, that options there. You know, I'm yet to be convinced by any yeah. of the second yeah. rows in the back row. Yeah, I know. At that level, but yeah. you know. Yeah, I've seen it so often in the past where they can't do it at six. Coriel gonna feel like he's got a bit of a point to prove. 
man, you know, yeah. He was a man, wasn't he, to partner Alan Wynn. Um, yeah. Adam Beard's come out of nowhere, really, after the summer. Well, he was good. Um, under, he was a good under twenty. I know, mind. I know, but at this level, you know, you know he's, he's huge, he's, man, and he's, he's the biggest of, Welsh lot I've ever seen. He's sort of snuck. Hang on, have you seen that picture of you and Luke Charteris? Yeah, but this boy is bigger, wider. Yeah, you saw him in person. Uh, no, but what I'm saying is Adam Beard has come out of nowhere in the sense that this time last year he wasn't in the picture, was he really, at this level? No. He had a good, he had a big summer and he's played well ever since, basically. Yeah. You know, fair play to him for that. Uh, but Corey Hill will probably feel like he's got a bit of a point to prove. Played in every game for Wales last season. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Jake Ball's still around. Jake yeah, but he's handy. Yeah, yeah, but he's handy played. That's yeah, a, you know, yeah, he came, yeah, I mean, he's come he, back last week against yeah, Leinster seconds. Predominantly Leinster seconds, stroke thirds. Had a great game, and uh, you know I like Jakey's great block, really good player. But you, you can't just pick someone on a, on that uh, match with a guy who's hardly played since the twenty seventeen autumn internationals. Yeah, all right because of injuries. Yeah, I think that's the shoulder in the All Blacks game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying you know, throw, I'm not saying throw yeah. him in, but yeah. I'm saying if he gets a few, if he gets some yeah. games on his back. Yeah, no, yeah, that's good, isn't it? It's, Will's it's got strength another, in it's depth. It's another headache for Gatlin. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, French pack. French pack. Big. <laughs> that's an understatement that. Who's it? Where'd you start? I mean, yeah, massive. You know, speculation is it the biggest pack Wales have ever faced? Uh, you know, that's a tough one to stand up, but uh, I think the boys in the office are trying it. Um, Go over the weight scale, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, they've all, they're obviously going to try and dominate up front and and play with width and pace and, and flair, aren't they? You know, the backs have been picked to, you know, if they were going to be direct, Bastero would be playing, but they're not, are they? Obviously. Um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge for Wales. Like I said, there's going to be some sore bodies on Saturday morning. It's going to be very tough for the front five. Um, you know, around the, around the fringes, France are going to be difficult to stop. They're going to have a, probably a mauling game that's going to be difficult to stop as well. You know, big boys. Um, Alan Wynn and Adam Beard have got a job to do in that regard to try and slow that maul down. Um, yeah, and this is why I'm saying, you know, Wales need to Wales shouldn't be. You know, going in your willy nilly, they should be backing themselves. But there is a bit, an element of weariness about this because that pack is no joke. You know, there's some huge players in that pack. Um, but like I said, how do you beat packs like that? You move them around, and yeah. that's why I come back to Anscom needs to be given a freedom to put width on it. Yeah, I'm sure Wales are better than them. Oh, 100 percent. And you know, if if you, if you tire a team, then generally the skills start breaking down for fatigue. Yeah. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Wales are the fitter team, yeah, um, and and should back that fitness, and they always do. And also, you look at the amount of caps on the bench for France. I think it's their their five forwards on the bench have fourteen caps between them. Yeah, one one prop alone has ten of them. Can't imagine that Jacques Brunel is is too keen to get on a bunch of sort of inexperienced players. So. You'll want to keep that French, the starting French pack on for as long as possible. So it's surely Wales's goal to sort of tire him out and. Well, yeah, get, I mean. Get them. Well, let's be fair, one of, one of them, Denver Bamber, I know he's only got one cap, but. He's got part of the You know, the talk in France was, you know, he could have well started ahead of Unai Antonio on, on the tight end. Mm. He took a, he took apart the, the New Zealand well, baby blacks. <laughs> used, well, to be, used to be a number eight, he's, he's, he's a massive prospect. Oh, he was brilliant in that World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, that's where Wales, Wales got. I've got game changers on the bench as well. That's the thing. Wales have got yeah, wa- yeah. relative experience. Yeah. Yeah. Wales, so in the last sort of year, they developed because of that extra strength and depth they've developed. All of a sudden, they've got game changers and come on and make a difference. Whereas we used to worry about who was going to come off the off the bench and should they come off the bench. Yeah. 
Will we weaken in the team? But no, it's a, it's a strength of the team. I think Wales have got something like 195 caps. Yeah. On the bench, France have 88. Yeah. So Wales' forwards alone have 86. Yeah. Tells you everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they should be they should be comfortable heading into the final final stages of the match if it's close, you know. And getting into the last 20, you look at Wales' bench, you wouldn't have any qualms putting any of those players on. Um, can they say the same about France? Possibly not. So. Yeah. You know, like Andy touched on there, we're in a position. A lot's been made of you know this newfound depth in Wales, strength and depth. Um, I think we all accept that you know we're in a, as good a position as we've been, certainly in the Gatland era. Um, so yeah, they shouldn't have any fears really. And, and uh, like yeah. you said, it's game changers as well because you've got boys yeah. there who can come on and that literally change the way Wales play, particularly bigger. And Gareth Davis in the last twenty minutes could could be an absolute live wire with with a tired pack in front of him. Um, getting lazy around the fringes, you know. Gareth Davis is all about that, and he's so. Yeah. If Wales are leading at half time, it's better than going in this match. But this uh, one ain't really interesting. Uh, the question I got for you boys: When was uh, Ben? Might know the answer to this. I'm not sure if I've, uh, if you remember me mentioning it. I don't, I when was the I last time I don't Wales won a Test match after being behind at half time? I don't know. You haven't told me this. It's quite remarkable. Ooh. Is it a Six Nations match? Any test match. Your like Chitongas, your Samoas, your Argentinas, your Georgias. Or Georgia? 2012? Uh, no, it's got a long way back, it's seven years. Right, I'm going to put you out your misery, oh, lads. This is, this is a yeah? dreadful podcast, isn't it? Wales have not won a test match. Come from behind since beating Ireland in 2014. 2014? Yeah. Oh, what far? Yeah, it's a remarkable stat, though. That shows that Wales a team are like that. They build a lead and they hang on. Yeah. They lost to Ireland in 2014, Dublin. Not going to Reese of the Guardian. <laughs> Sorry, Reese, they lost. <laughs> lost in Dublin. Well, let's go to a tribute stat. Keith Earl scored and Liam Williams had a bit of handbags. Was that in 14? Oh, was it? Yeah, 2014 was Dublin. Oh, no. oh, that's, where, that's where they won Because 2013 was the 30 points to 3 down at half time. First game of the Six Nations. Yeah, Wales lost that game, mind, didn't they? Yeah, they did, but. So 2014 was Dublin, they lost. Could be some controversy here. Could be some. Because obviously, by cutting that part up, Ben. Stewart's inquiry. Yeah. yeah. And he, he also said. He also said, right? He's a stats man, he said, he'd be that 58% of France's uh, points in 2018 came in the first half, which shows perhaps their lack of fitness in the second. That's a good start. Well, it sort of adds to the point, doesn't it? If you can keep them quiet in the first 20 minutes out there, it can all fall apart. Yeah. Right, let's move on. Um, no Matthew Bastro in the centre. Surprised, not surprised? Well, yeah, of course they're yeah. surprised. Um, Vice captain, wasn't he? Oh, you like how Paul Tackett's playing in the centre, do you? Well, look, you know, he's, he's, been a t- he's been a stalwart for them, hasn't he? You know, he's played something like started like the last nine games or something like that. Um, hugely experienced campaigner. And you're dropping him for a 19-year-old rookie, essentially. Hang on, hang on. Hang on, that's a fact, isn't it? Hang on, how old you are. Yeah, it's just thinking factors. 
you know, you're dropping a bloke with umpteen caps, umpteen World Cup, Six Nations campaigns. Everyone has Vice captain of the squad, started the last nine tests for a 19 year old kid who hasn't got a cap to his name. 19 year old potential winner Just kid. Saying facts. Yeah. That's all I'm stating is yeah. the facts. You, you know, I call Pastoral an oil tanker because he reminds me of an oil tanker in a shipping lane on the turn. If you can turn him, he's got problems. But, you know, <laughs> when an oil tanker's. And all tankers on the move, it's uh, almost impossible to stop, isn't it? So, um, yeah, Pastoreau, he's in one sense, he's been a strength for France, carrying the ball, like a front rower in midfield, to take some stopping. But he could he can be a liability if you get plenty of ball, a good ball, and all you can play around him. I'll tell you this, so Wales are going to have to do some quick homework on Intermark. There's plenty of tips out there. Well, just, just saying, tips. you know, I don't, you know, yeah. the bulk of us over the last two weeks will have thought Bastero was going to start this game and I think they would probably have preferred he did Wales I've seen Intermac play live a couple of times I think Wales Wales Manic and Abba Rabin age grade in Nationals Mm -hmm. I don't said half he's a good player decent player but he will be tested oh yeah Mm. I think Wales would have rather faced Bastero though at least you know what you're getting there yeah yeah. Um, in that sense (laughs) pick a shoulder move but at the same time you look at Intermac Mind you, I knew you could argue because the, the argument is Bastro, the old tanker on the move, is made for France if they try to suffocate Wales, made for their pack to play round him, get round him. That's where Wales missed him. Because he's almost like going right forward. Yeah, Wales yeah. missed a big trick last year. They they, they didn't really isolate Bastro. Um, I think, I, I, think I ended up doing analysis on it, like why was the game so dull? And that was one of the main reasons. They cancelled each other to some degree, didn't they? Last yeah. season. It was a tough old test match, that was. Yeah, it was. It was. But yeah, I think Wales would rather be attacking against Endermark and defending against Bastro. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, because Bastro is out of job, pulled down. This is what we need American football style. Offensive defence. No, not American football. That's nearly as bad as baseball. Gets in your honour watching the Super Bowl this Sunday. It's over this season. I like the highlights. I like those two pundits they have on the BBC. That's his, that's that's Matt's big problem, isn't it? Figuring out how to watch the Super Bowl with, with time difference in oh, France. Yeah, I think it's going to be too late for me. Uh, excuse me, England lads, but can you enlighten me who's in the Super Bowl final? Uh, the Rams, New England Patriots, uh, New England Patriots. Alright, I like that. I am my my team. I'm back Thank in you. New England myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah, I don't mind highlights. I, I can hear the odds market shifting based on <laughs> that prediction. Is. Yeah, so that's, that's all Vegas' money gone. Right, um, let's get on to some predictions. No. Not just for Friday, but um, for, for the Six Nations as a whole. Okay. So, um, I'll start. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't asked you yet. Oh, do you want to ask me? Yeah, go on. Who, who do you think is going to win the tournament? And who are you expecting to be the sort of standout player? I'm tipping Wales to win the tournament if they beat France. On Friday night, it's all on because Wales will get better as the tournament goes on. We expect Falter will be back for the back end of the tournament, and the players will get sharper, they'll get better the longer they're in camp with Gatlin's crew. And uh, they got Wales got um, England and Ireland at home, which is crucial. Like I see the final game against Ireland, even though they'll be pushed by England this weekend, I can see that being a grand slam decider uh, if Wales come through this, uh, come through this uh, uh, weekend. And Wales got no qualms at all about playing the Irish or beating them. I thought, I swear, I saw a stat yesterday. I think Charlie Morgan might have said it on a podcast from the Telegraph. I think 
Wales are the only team where Joe Schmidt hasn't got a record of a winning record of fifty percent or better against. Even and it pretty even. It might just be under fifty. Yeah, I think he's the only. I think he's the only one, like the only top tier nation where he hasn't got that record against them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've liked Wales for a long time, um, dating back to the end of the last Six Nations. I, you live there. I thought they'd been uh, they they'd been building quite nicely. Um, yeah, you fancy them. Of course, you fancy them. Uh, you know, it could very well come down to a Grand Slam decider against Ireland. Uh, I know that's looking way, way ahead. Uh, there's a lot of rugby to be played be- between now and then. And if it came down to that, I, I think I'd back Wales. Like you said, Ireland in Cardiff, that holds absolutely no fears for Wales. Um, you know, we've, we've been there, uh, I can't remember the year, but a couple of years ago, watching them defend like 70 odd phases or 60 odd phases in their 20, own 20 2015. Maybe that's you know, a game Paul recently really It was 10 all at half time. Yeah, may, it might be nagging. Twenty-six-three was the score to Ireland in um, twenty fourteen. Just as a little side note. So yeah, and you know they beat them, beat them in Cardiff two years ago. Uh, if memory serves me right, Robbie, yeah. Robbie Henshaw in the side of a more something like that. Mm, yeah, it went beyond Rory Best, didn't they? Yeah, something daft like that. So you know that ain't gonna scare Wales, but ooh, I don't know. <sighs> Not with it. I will say Wales, but not with any confidence. Okay, do we reckon it's... Hang on, Ben, what about your prediction? Like, a, a, if Wales win this weekend, home games against... Right, okay. Home yeah. games against England and Ireland. Let's you make back it. them. Mind you, I'm not last two Grand Slams come uh, when I, England and Ireland are away. Mm. Last two Grand Slams. Yeah, but you're going to change. Yeah. Come on, what are you going to say, Ben? How... Do we think it's a three-way race? Well, England, isn't it? England, Definitely. Ireland, Wales. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, if France beat Wales, they are in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, if France beat Wales, yeah, yeah. They could get everyone's on, you know, Gatlin's always on about if we beat France, we we can win it. You know, France will be saying the same thing. Yeah. We beat Wales, it's all on. Yeah, said they have got to go to. Uh, I know they got tough games, but you know, like you said, they are. Running, in, right? if, if France are a team with confidence, they're a team that nobody's going to want to face. Mm. There we go. Yeah. Ben, let me put this to you. If Wales lose this weekend, are you going to tip for the championship? I think the fixtures line up for a. If Wales get through this weekend, it, it lines up for a Wales Ireland Grand Slam decider. So if Wales lose this weekend, it's Ireland. It's Ireland, yeah. You know, England, England is up to begin they, with. Yeah, yeah see when they beat England. They get, get, they get through that. Big old weekend of fixtures, isn't it? Yeah, it's, fantastic. Yeah. And you've got the Scots playing Italy. It, you know, it, Italians hopefully going to improve a bit on the back of what Benetton are doing in a pro 14 and give them a bit of a game. But I'm quite sure the player I'm excited about seeing actually in his Six Nations. Yeah. And this is a potential banana skin for uh, for Wales if they can get off to a good, great start, beat France, then beat Italy next week. Scotland away, we got that'll be tough up. Murrayfield lost there two years. Player who could light up his championship is Finn Russell. I think his game has come on even more. Now he's got a Racing uh, 92 successor. Dan Carter and uh, when he's on it he's on it uh, he's one of the most exciting players in the world and I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, uh, play he's got a bit of daring about him mm. you're looking at me for mine yeah. I'm going to say Gareth Anscombe um, I know we see a lot of him anyway uh, but I watch him in the big Euro- European games against Saracens um, and then the, the, the derbies that followed um, I thought he was brilliant in the two games against Saracens and I thought it's the early part of the Christmas derbies he was good, um, particularly against the Dragons and the Scarlets, less so against the Ospreys. Um, but you know, now he's got some of the best players in the world around him. 
Um, he's not going to be going into games like he was against Saracens, where they're expected to get beat. Um, where they're playing, you know, they are re- the odds were stacked against the Blues in that game. I thought he outplayed Farrell, particularly the Arms Park. Um, and I just think now he's got the weapons around him. He's going to have some quality ball. Like I said, I hope he's been given permission to just go and play his natural game. Um, and I think come the end of the Six Nations, if he grabs a ball by the horns, then he could very well put himself in, in a position where he's, he has to start the World Cup as well as his fly half. Good answer. What about you, Ben? I'm going to go Dan Robson. Um, Bobby Robson? <laughs> That's an interesting Dan, one. Dan Robson. Is, now, is he the smallest guy in the championship squad, I believe? Possibly, yeah. And you know, you think I don't think he's I'm not sure he's actually been properly senior capped yet. Um been crying out for an England call up for absolutely ages. Eddie Jones has ignored him. Suddenly now he's gone with two scrum halves, he's dropped Danny Care, so it's gonna be Young's and it's gonna be Dan Robson. You wouldn't call up an uncapped or relatively un- untested scrum half eight months before the World Cup two scrum halves in your squad unless you are going to give him serious game time to show what he can do before the World Cup he's a live wire um, you know arguably a more informed scrum half than Ben Young so I, I think if he gets his chance he, he could cause problems you know there we have it there we go the, tr- the trouble with that one is you're trying to predict what Eddie Jones is going to do and uh, oh, man. Jack, Jack Noel blinds uh, open side flank and we play the tournament uh, all, all the best with that one but uh, yeah, fair enough so, uh, yeah, so, so uh, Wales have had a lot of backing from us three years now you know predictions yeah. uh, this weekend I'm going to go for uh, Wales Ireland and Scotland victories so you got Wales yeah Ireland Pretty tough old game and Scotland. Like, Scotland. So we're, we're going to make a note of these, and we're going to go through the Six Nations, and we're going to see who gets the most right. Oh, well, I'm going to go exactly the same as Andy. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it's going to be. It's, 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 going, it's going to be three all, isn't it? After the first weekend. Yeah. Well, not necessarily because England and France are very, you know, capable of not. I'm not going to call them upsets, but they're both capable of winning, aren't they? This is any result I see is certain, and I hope I'm wrong because I want it to lead to actually beat Scotland. It's, it's, a, it's a Murray field, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a, a full So, what's your predictions then, Ben? You've gone well, different now, so I imagine. No, I, 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 take I, a chance. I, I tend to agree chance. with you, but then the competitive player in me thinks, you know, nothing nothing ventured, nothing gained. Exactly. So, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go Wales, Scotland. Come on. I think England's power game could cause Ireland some problems. Binny Fulapola's back. Hey, man, go for it, Ben. Well then, Ben, that could be the winning card. I don't think they're going to overpower them, though. I, I can't imagine any side overpowering Ireland. No. But we'll wait and see. Well, yeah, let Ben do that. He's <laughs> happy with that lesson. Let him carry on. <laughs> let him carry on. It's either going to be inspired. It, it's either going to be inspired, or potentially he's going to be one down after the first yeah, weekend. Yeah. There you go. Well, at least he's been bold. I'll give him that. Yeah. Mind you, it is the toughest round. It's the toughest round. He got his red rose jumper on today. I mean, you know he's gone Bill's well. Burgundy, plum, plum, plum. That is close enough to me. Close enough. I had I had a quick look at the Ireland, Wales fixtures. Just just you know, twenty fourteen was twenty six three to Ireland in Dublin. Won that game, Twenty fifteen, they played three times. The two that Wales won. Wales led at halftime at both. In fact, the only game I can find where Wales trailed at half-time against Ireland was... Any guesses what year, mate? Matt? Oh, God. I think well, you, I think, they I think came you, back 2012. I think you said 2012. 2012. 
And look, if this comes back and I'm right, I will be dining out on this one. Yeah, you should be because what, it is the ultimate start. What, man has done what, what, what did what did that oh, win kick? What what win, what did that win kick start that year? Uh, Grand Slam, wasn't it? Grand Slam, Grand Slam. triple crown, Grand Slam. It's that was a heck of a game. That was a good game, wasn't it? Good game, wasn't it? Davis, George North. George yeah. North at his best, rampaging best. He was unstoppable. And that's what we want from him against France. I think we're going to see a bit more of that. There we go. That's as, that's as good a place as anywhere to stop this podcast, ain't it? Absolutely. All right, we'll be back next week, hopefully post French victory. And French victory? French victory? Huh? Victory in France. Let me change my predictions. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back next week. Um, not sure what the, what the format's going to be for the podcast. Probably two a week now, won't it? Yeah, we'll be back. We'll be back into the mix now. Two a week, team announcement day and post match. It's all there. Yep. Yeah. So for all the Six Nations coverage, you can catch it all on Wales Online.